0: The name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Last week in our gospel reading, we were given the parable of the Pharisee and the tax collector. And a lot of the focus is placed on the tax collector, especially with what our reflection was last week. We were reminded that the tax collector was a great example for us of godly humility coupled with godly sorrow over sin that presented himself to God. This tax collector came into the temple, we remember. But he stayed far away from the people, not in their midst, as not to be seen. And he bowed before the Lord and didn't even lift his eyes to heaven. And he cried out, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. And so we talked about the humility of that action to go before God and present yourself in such a way knowing that you're full of sin and to cry out for mercy. But we also remember that there is a humility in the tax collector that had led him to that very place. Because he was already sorrowful over his sin as he came to the temple. It's the very reason he came to the temple. He had allowed God to show him How he had sinned against himself. How he had sinned against God's people Israel by thievery. And all the other sins that are in his heart. He allowed God permission to speak to him about how he had not met the mark. And he came in those convictions before God. And what are we told about that man? Jesus says that he went away justified. Remember what that means God did for him. That means all of the burden and the pain of his conscience was eased. It was alleviated. His heart was free again. His sins were so completely forgiven. But not only that, justified means that he went away different than he came. He came sorrowful over his sin. He left filled with the righteousness of God. And so today in this Mass, We continue this thinking, but we shift our focus. Last week we focused on the tax collector and his approaching the God of mercy. Today's Mass is all about the God of mercy. So that you and I always remember who it is we approach when we are sorrowful over our sinfulness. And it's critical that we get this. In the collect of today, that is the prayer that focuses the thoughts of the Mass. We pray the following, and I want you to hear this, and I'm going to break this down for you. Because sometimes, again, we pray things, the liturgical prayers, we hear them, but are we seeing how they're directing us Godward? Listen to the prayer we prayed already this morning. Almighty and everlasting God, who art always more ready to hear And we to pray, and art wont to give more than either we desire or deserve, pour down upon us the abundance of thy mercy, for giving us those things whereof our conscience is afraid, and giving us those good things which we are not worthy to ask, but through the merits and mediation of Jesus Christ. Let's look at this. The first line we pray. Almighty and everlasting God who art always more ready to hear than we to pray. What does this tell us about the nature of our God? He is always awaiting our approach. He is always welcoming us to come before Him with that very cry for what our soul absolutely needs. Prayer and healing. He is waiting for us. Not only that, the prayer gets more specific. It says, He is more ready to receive us. He is more ready to hear us than we are to come to Him. That's the divine love of God that wants you so badly to Himself. That He awaits you even when we're stubborn. Even when we're spiritually lazy. Even when we might be afraid to approach Him. God awaits us at all times with a welcome to come to. Prayer continues. And art want to give more than either we desire or deserve. Not only is God waiting for us. When it says He is want to give more than we desire or deserve. That means this is the core of His desire. He desires to give us far beyond what we think we could ever desire. Certainly beyond that which we could deserve at any moment. And certainly beyond that which we think we could ever earn by any action of ourselves. The heart of God desires to give what we do not deserve. What do we call that? God's mercy. God's mercy. And His mercy is unending. His mercy is limitless. You cannot exhaust His mercy. I cannot exhaust His mercy every time we come to Him with honest and contrite heart. He wants to give us the opposite of what we deserve. For all that we've done to heal us, redeem us, and bring him to himself forever. Because, and my mind went to this when I saw that line. He wants to give more than we desire or deserve. My mind went to the parable, the story of the prodigal son. Our God is the father of the prodigal and we are all the prodigal. Remember that story. The prodigal son takes the inheritance of his father... He leaves the house because he wanted to go experience other kingdoms. Well, he experienced them, all right, because he spent all of his money and all of his time engrossed in grievous sins. Sins against body. Sins against God. Sins against man. And he finds himself, at the end, in the pig slop, half dead, with a famine all around him. And that's when he comes to the humility of the tax collector. He comes to the humility. He wakes up. He returns to himself and he realizes, I have to go back home. I have to go back home. I'm not worthy to be my father's son anymore because of all that I've done and squandered everything that he gave me. I'm not worthy of that only if he'll accept me as a servant. There's the humility. And so he returns home. And as he's approaching the house, what does the father He sees him coming off the distance. And he runs out to meet him. And he throws his arm around his son. Praising that my son who I thought was dead is truly alive. This is the same son that sinned over and over again. Sinned against his father and against heaven. The same son grievously. That did things that burdened his, con- his conscience and brought such shame. And what does the father do? He looks completely beyond that. He wraps him up in his arms and says, thank God my son is alive. And then he celebrates. He throws a lavish party because his son had returned. This is your heavenly father. This is the merciful heart of our God who is ever waiting for us to approach him. And always desires to shower on us exactly what we do not deserve. Mercy, (coughs) forgiveness, healing of conscience, and healing of the illness of our soul. So having been reminded in the prayer, you see how that prayer casts our eyes back more clearly to God. As we approach Him to sing the Kyrie, Lord, have mercy. We see Him as the God of mercy that we approach. Having been reminded of that, the prayer continues. Now we ask for what we need. Listen to the prayer. Pour down upon us the abundance of thy mercy. It's the prayer of the tax collector. It is the Jesus prayer. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of the living God, have mercy upon me, a sinner. Pour down upon us the abundance of thy mercy. But then listen to the next words. Forgiving us those things Whereof our conscience is afraid. For giving us those things of which our conscience is afraid. Our Lord gives us a prayer that strikes to the very humanity, the core parts of our humanity. And I take you back to Adam and Eve. When Adam and Eve sinned against God, their conscience was damaged. How do we know that? When God came calling for them in the garden, what did they do? They were afraid and they hid themselves. The opposite of what God wanted them to do, which was an invitation to come to Him. Their (coughs) conscience, the burden of their conscience, the sin that they had committed, made them afraid to approach God. Isn't that like us far too often? We think that the sins we have committed and because of the damage done to our conscience, we shy away from approaching to the God of mercy rather than running to Him and throwing ourselves before Him, knowing who He really is. And finally it says, and giving us those good things which we are not worthy to ask, but through the merits and mediation of Jesus Christ. Now Jesus is brought front and center as to why God (coughs) always extends limitless mercy. Because the Son of God took on our flesh. The Son of God took on the illness of our soul, the condition of the fall, and He married it and joined it to His divinity. He took it into Hades, defeating death. He rose again and ascended, taking His place as our great high priest. So that when we come to Him by His blood, by the incredible work of salvation wrought through all that He did, He offers it to God on our behalf. And mercy is poured out. Which is exactly why St. Paul in our epistle reading today, St. Paul says these words from 2 Corinthians chapter (coughs) 3. And we have such trust through Christ to God. Not that we are sufficient of ourselves. To think of anything as being from ourselves. But our sufficiency is from God. He has done everything. He completes everything. We earn nothing. We come to Him to be washed, forgiven, and healed. And remain in the God of life who extends His life to us. He doesn't look and want to condemn. He looks and wants to forgive, mend, and show His mercy. So here's the question we ask ourselves. If that is who He really is, and it is. If He is the God of all mercy, we are the ones with sin and damaged conscience. The question is this, what keeps us? What keeps us from coming to Him as the tax collector? Why do we let fear in our humanity keep us from approaching God and experiencing the justification brought into the life of the tax collector? You do understand the sacrament of confession. The sacrament of confession is the living experience Of the tax collector coming to God. Because it's the living experience of those who come with godly sorrow. Before the Christ of all mercy. And sharing our grief over our sin with him. Why? So that the great commission might stretch forth his mercy and cover us. Heal our wounded conscience. And make righteous what was unrighteous. Why do we not come to this God? experience that. Let that be a question that you allow the Holy Spirit to probe in you for your freedom, for your peace, and for your salvation. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.